minus three. With Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three. We're ready to roll here. We're back from Las Vegas celebrating our big toe, Cousin Sal's 50th birthday. And we thought, who better to join us than one of the fellas who we were kibitzing with, eating food, reminiscing, talking about football, college and pro upcoming. We're inside of a month now. College football. I was just looking over the slate, as a matter of fact. The first weekend of uh, of college football games, pretty juicy. I'm excited about Miami and Alabama. We know how that one's going to work out. But nevertheless, that's a pretty good ball game. I don't care for the fact that some conference games are happening the first week of the season. Why are Indiana and Iowa playing in week one? Play some patsy and then get to the conference play. Let's talk about all of it. We have big questions that need answering here in advance of pro football season. The Colts are a mess. I want to jump in there with our guy. He's got big toes as well. He's got big everything. Well, I mean, that sounds lurid. I don't mean it to sound that way. But anyway, it's uh, it's Jeff Schwartz. What's the poop, fella? How are you? Uh, I'm glad to be here. Um, it was a very fun weekend. Uh, my wife turned to me at one point. And uh, said, "Is is Sal that big of an asshole?" And I said, uh, "I don't, not really, but uh, some of the stories, <laughs> Sal. I, I just you've known him for much longer than I have. Incredible weekend. The stories were flowing, and they were fabulous. And uh, it was a it was a fun weekend. I'm glad I was involved in it. And and by the way, what? Eddie is much bigger in person than I expected him to be. I was I was a little taken aback by. I was like, oh, oh, okay, Eddie, I see you in the weight room, man." Well, is it? That's what's unclear. So you're an expert on that because you're both muscular and fat. Is that what he is, too? It's a mystery for the rest of us. We can't figure out what he I, is. I mean, He's- I saw him wearing a shirt. I didn't see him with a shirt off. I would say it's one of those situations where I'd say guy who lifts but probably doesn't do much cardio. <laughs> that's that is <laughs> Fair That's, description. Yeah, I, the the ratio to like weightlifting, it's always like I don't. You don't see me doing more than twenty minutes cardio, twenty five minutes maybe tops. But yeah, coming, you know, quarantine happened. You know, let no gym access for a while. So then just you be, just be big and beautiful, like I am, man. Just embrace it. That's the route. That's the route I'm going. It really is. We've talked about this before, and we have a lot of issues we have to uh, to cover here, including why the Tennessee Titans are, at this point, just a, a, a spectacular value as the number one seed in the AFC. Make sure you go bet it. Not later. Not in five minutes. Yesterday. What was that? What's that from? Like, not now. No. Oh, that's uh, the warden in uh, in Shawshank. Like, yes. Not, uh, uh, now. Um, yes, go bet this right now. The Tennessee Titans. This is not an evaluation of who the best team in the AFC is. It's the team that has the easiest path. And if you're in the AFC South right now and you have that gaggle of playmakers on offense that the Titans do and you have um, – I mean, the Colts were already a little bit questionable with Carson Wentz, but now they don't have Quentin Nelson either for at least, it seems, uh, three quarters of the NFL season. Plus, you have the Jags and you have the Texans. The Texans, you know, are going to stink. The Titans are right now. Think about this value. Plus 1,700 to finish as the number one seed. Um, That is currently, to put this into perspective for you, the Denver Broncos and the Carson Wentzless Indianapolis Colts are, are plus 1,400. What are you doing? Go get it. FanDuel.com slash minus three. Let's start there, Schwartz. Is that, uh, is that as uh, juicy as it seems to me? 
Yeah, but I, I actually think the value now would be on like Jacksonville, right? To 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 win the division, which I don't think is going to happen. Wow. But Tennessee, but, right? Because now now all the money's on Tennessee, right? So all the money's right. on Tennessee. Um, you're not getting good value on the Titans. Now you could obviously pick them up, and you you know it's a good bet to make because you're probably going to win that wager. But if you're looking for value, values on the Jaguars. The Titans is a good bet, but you're not getting the value you did three days ago on that on that wager. But that is the way to go. Look, Carson Wentz, Quinn Nelson now out surgery, same injury as Carson Wentz. It's very odd. Carson Wentz injury was was said to be a old uh, high school injury that never healed, and now Quinn hmm. Nelson's is like a a childhood thing. Like I'm like, guys, maybe they just broke their foot at training camp. Or maybe it's not that deep. Like maybe it's just they just you had some bad string of luck and you had some foot injuries. Um, but the cold season is over. It's Here's the thing. This was a year for Carson Wentz to be evaluated in a new offense, right? With Frank Reich to see, hey, can he get it better? He was the worst quarterback in the NFL last year. If he went from 32nd, let's say, to 16th or 15th this year, as far as whatever numbers you want to use, that's a huge jump in one year, right? To go half the league. That was the goal, in my opinion, of Carson Wentz was this year, get him in the offense, get him up to speed, get him average. And then next year, you hope you have a 2017 season. Because that's so far as the outliner's career. But now that's over, Dave. It's not going to happen anymore. He, I the, thought it was overly optimistic, too. It, even in a division that even is if he not comes the back strongest. In five, if he comes back in five weeks, he will have missed all of training camp. He'll be out of shape off a foot injury. He won't be able to move. He won't be comfortable in the offense. And the f- schedules like the Seahawks and the Niners, the schedule is a brutal start to season. So I... I just think as soon as I saw this, this year's wasted. I mean, I agree. And not to be overly cynical about Carson Wentz, who obviously was uh, a high enough pedigree to go where he went with the Eagles. He was on track to get the MVP. Everybody remembers things got sideways and he, I don't know if it was, he got in his head and then that led to, you know, the stuff I've been reading about the Eagles, which makes perfect sense. And I'm not a QB guru, although my eyes don't generally lie to me when evaluating QBs in the QB league. You can laugh all you want, Schwartz and Spaghetti, but you know that's true. More often than not, there have been a couple couple of outliers as they say okay I was wrong when I said Jay Cutler was going to win the MVP that one year that the Bears started the year 4-0 or whatever that was about eight years or so ago I thought that Ryan Mallett was going to be a, uh, a good NFL QB that didn't happen but generally speaking I'm not wildly wrong with these things what did seem clear to my eyes was that Carson Wentz looked weird with the football when he would take his drops in 2020 it looked like why does he stand like that when he throws it and it's funny because that's what the Colts have divine too is that he was taking too wide a stance he was yeah in his drops and you could kind of like you're if you watch football at all you could kind of see that I anyway I know Jim Plunkett turned his thing around you know halfway through his career and and all of that but it felt a little I felt a little optimistic that Carson Wentz was gonna outdo old man Rivers even in the twilight of his career and make the Colts better this year but the roster is so good otherwise, but now you lose what I think you would say, not just as an offensive lineman. I think most people kind of feel like Quentin Nelson is the best at his position in football. So when you take that off the table, that diminishes them further. I still do like Jonathan Taylor, though, and Michael Pittman and all those guys, but, you know, not against, uh, 
you know, not uh, not against what uh, the overwhelming offensive firepower the Titans have. So anyway, I, I say, and that's going to change, plus 1,700. Eddie Spaghetti, do you happen to see, sorry to throw it at you, what the Jags are, because um, that's, that's an intriguing one. That's a little too... Uh, uh, aggressive for my uh, for for my thinking, but that's fun though. I could, you know, Sal on extra points. We talked about it yesterday. Go back and listen to that, and we went over a few of these things. He he contends that this might be the worst QB quartet since the NFL went to four team divisions. I don't know. That that's a little bit aggressive to me because of Trevor Lawrence and all the hype around him. It's not like he's like it's not like Baker Mayfield is the first overall or Jared Goff is the first overall. This is a guy who like not since Andrew Luck has a guy been as hyped as as Trevor Lawrence was. I mean, he if, if he's they're not going to be that wrong. The the uh, whatever the QB evaluating factory, the draft factory isn't going to be this wrong on Trevor Lawrence, right? He might be good. And with Urban Meyer, I could see, you know, boy, that win total at minimum. Eddie Spaghetti, do you have either of those? They're, they're uh, right now, they're plus 700 um, to win the AFC South. And their win total hmm. right now is the, it's set at 6.5. I mean, I think the over there, you're right about that, Schwartz. That's two wins against the, the Texans. They probably get one against the Colts. So, you know, now you're already in with an extra game, 17 games. I like that. Uh, that's, uh, that's a fun one there, Schwartz. All right, listen, here's what I want to say. Team USA, by the way, beat Spain. You heard about that. Simone Biles. I'm curious about what Jeff Schwartz thinks about the whole uh, Simone Biles saga and how that applies to pro football and beyond. But I do want to chop it up. And oh, before I forget anything else, Eddie Spaghetti's Tuesday dinger. He is uh, the home run. I'm a QB whisperer. Eddie Spaghetti is a Major League Baseball home run whisperer. He's going to tell you who's going to hit one today um, for FanDuel's uh, $5 Tuesday dingers. But Schwartz, um, and then I also want to hear if, well, you know what? Before we get to football, one other <laughs> thing I wanted to ask you about. One other thing, Schwartz, about the big weekend. Get the, don't, what did your wife say about I told me? You. About me. Oh, about you? I don't Did know. She, she have just, any thought? She didn't say anything about she, me. I mean, she liked the mustache for obvious reasons. Um, but no, the fun, I just said the funny part was like, we all love Sal. And, you know, I've never experienced any of his pranks. I haven't been around him long enough for that. Um, I've hung out with him a couple times in the Fox lot. So like I said, when all the stories were being told uh, at his roast, I was laughing my ass off. And my wife, like, like I said, turned to me and was like, did he do all that? I'm like, yeah, probably. And then we and then we asked Sal, uh, you know, at dinner about a couple of those when he met my wife, and Sal's like, "Yeah, I did all those." And so it just was, it was it was a lot of fun, man. I laughed, and then there was some other stuff that was uh, that was there as well. Um, I I was wondering how much it cost to buy that restaurant out for that night. That's been my biggest my major biggest, domo. Yeah, for the night, and the food was outstanding. Well, so, that's high praise from one Jeff Schwartz. I mean, he'll eat anything, but also you like he the does food? have this. He also had Schwartz. You obviously are a remorseless eating machine, but also you have discerning taste buds when required, and so that is high praise for David Chang's uh, great. Did restaurant you like the there. weekend? What do you, what do you think about? I went. I did I go to Cascade concert. That was a little much, but I survived. What does that mean? I don't even know what that means. I went to an EDM concert at Wet Republic Saturday afternoon. I still don't know what those words mean. I don't, I don't know what any of that, what any of the words in that sentence mean. I'll send you some. Up. I'll send you some videos. You'll get a better understanding of what happened. So um, I just Cascade. love Vegas. I 
well, I mean, I don't want to be a curmudgeon about Vegas. It does, you know, every region in our country has its own brand of weirdos, and Vegas sort of gathers them well, all up for us. It is it, really creepy, especially in the age of COVID and everything else. It was kind of one, like, I'm trying to avoid people. It was, it, that was, I mean, there was a lot of Delta variant that felt like in that room. But nonetheless, Harry's brother is a just a glorious human. I very much enjoyed meeting him. Um, yeah, that was great. I mean, very quickly, I don't know how much we went over these. I, 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 the thing with Sal from the outside looking in, the reaction most people have is when they hear the accumulation of these stories is like the takeaway is what an asshole. That's and what my, my wife said, yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the takeaway is and people are like, uh, what do you, you know, um, what, what do you say in response to that? I'm like, yes, 100%. He is an <laughs> asshole. But he, like his cousin, he, he and Jimmy are both the nicest uh, jerks or the jerkiest nice guys. I don't know which it is, but either way, Kimmel uh, proving once again uh, that he is the uh, the world's greatest host. I mean, really, you know, hosting literally the uh, the roast on Friday night of Cousin Sal, um, then you know Major Domo, and you know, I was just it was a, it was a marvelous weekend with uh, with splendid people, good times all the way around. Um, I I should give you win place show. As best I can, off the top of my head, I'll do this, and I won't put them in any order. The three things Sal has victimized me with, as usual. I like pranks as long as I'm not involved in them or the target of them. Um, at one time, uh, I was sitting in my place of business at the man show at work, and I heard uh, my name uh, I heard my name uh, called out, Velvel, and I turned to look, and as I turned, a, uh, a cold cut hit me on the side of the face, bullseye. Um, Sal threw a cold. It was a good throw. Two, once we were in Vegas, scene of the crime, um, we were, uh, there were four of us in, uh, you know how uh, when, when you're younger, you share rooms yes. um, in, in Vegas. So we had, uh, you know, the, the the two queens or whatever, uh, twin beds, whatever they are. And uh, me and uh, and our pal Dratch were in one bed and Sal was in the other bed with our pal Robbie. And then it was like, okay, good night. And then Sal jumped into the bed with me and Dratch. And I was like, uh, h hilarious. All right, I guess I'll go into the bed with Robbie. And then Sal jumped into that bed. <laughs> and then, and I was like, this is, this is making me crazy. And so then I jumped into the other bed and then this went on for literally about three hours. Of like, I'm like, no one is sleeping, Sal. No one, including you, is asleep. What are we doing? He's like, I know this is the worst, isn't it? And I'm like, Sal, you're the one. And we stayed up the whole night. <laughs> Understand, we, not me, we all did. Sal, that's what he's willing to do. If you, it, It's a good message, I guess, for whatever you want to do in life. Are you willing to commit yourself? How far are you willing to go? And that's how far he was willing to go to torment me. Uh, and, and all of us that night. And then the one, like they're much grander ones that he's done, but I think it kind of the quintessential Sal is like when I first got to know him a half an hour after knowing him, we're doing, we get together for our first day together, me, him, and the three other guys, uh, Eddie Spaghetti met, uh, the, perhaps the funniest person on the face of the earth. Josh Gardner was one of these guys. And, uh, we get into this elevator um, to, to go out to lunch together. We don't know each other. And, uh, and then the, it stops at a floor, a couple, uh, a couple, uh, floors down from on the elevator and a random looking, maybe heavy set guy gets onto the thing. And Sal goes, check out this guy. And that is quintessential Sal because people are like, well, this can't be happening. Right. This is like, 
the guy turned around like, well, you're not can't be talking about me. We don't know each other. And like, that's who he is. Like, he just does whatever. And the best story I've ever heard, though, maybe Trump by, trumped everything else I've ever heard about him was he once on an actual 737 got into the cockpit and started jerking around the, the steering wheel. That's crazy. I, I asked him about that story on dinner because my again, my wife, when we met Sal, well, I obviously met him before. My wife met him on Saturday night. And that's a story I said, did you really drive the plane? He goes, yeah, I went in the cockpit. The, the pilot was like, look, I can fix whatever you do in three seconds. Like, just just go fly the plane. Um, and then just it. Yeah, the, the the stories like the one about him hugging that that woman off the airplane scare was just like it just. Oh, it's and I, you're right. He sell. He just the, the commitment to the bit. I don't have that in me. I don't have the commitment to the bit to put myself like you said, with, you know, he didn't sleep all night either. And that like he just commits. Right. To doing it all, um, and uh, and it really for me too, the, the juvenile humor. Like I love the farting. Like I'm still like a little kid. So any juvenile humor to me makes my day. It's just the funniest of all time. My wife story, rolls her eyes at me. The story that didn't get covered, and I'm not going to name names here, and I think that's why it probably didn't come up because uh, the person who I'm going to reference here was in the audience. But there was once. Somehow, I don't remember exactly the the path to this, but one night again, we were in Vegas and um, one of our friends met a woman and it turned out she was a hooker and um, then they disappeared together. And then we went to the room again, sharing this room and um, we found them, you know, uh, post coitus and, um, and and but she did not. They they just like met each other like a man and a woman. This wasn't like a transaction. You know, this wasn't there was no financial transaction. Okay. And then somehow in the wee hours uh, pre-dawn, Sal had a pillow fight with this woman and beat. I mean, I mean, he, he is he get his patented double hit pillow and they were pillow fighting and everything and it was very strange and somehow we were saying this is great you picked up a, a hooker but she didn't charge you and he was like she's not a hooker i remember that uh that whole back and forth and we're like actually you should be proud that she liked you sufficiently that she didn't try to anyway this is one of the like pre that, that was a good one or uh, maybe a little uh, dark for the crowd for the uh, family for the family that was gathered there but anyhow I let's talk discuss, football I, before we get moving to football though I do want to discuss this baby that was at the party on Saturday night I, I was it was a fresh baby it was a new and I you admitted Very that you smelled new. it six you, weeks you, I you guess you, the age six you weeks. admitted you smelled it mm. which is odd um, but I I hate to like I hate to to question other parents because people do stuff for I I don't know why the baby was there it was very confusing I was like this is an adult gathering, like in Vegas, at a nice restaurant, and you have a baby with you. I, well, to explain myself, babies smell good. And, you know, I, I, I like babies. And I don't think we talk enough about the miracle of the way human babies smell. And people say, like, well, it's the creams or the soaps or whatever you use on them. And that's not the answer at all. No. It's not. People don't use baby powder anymore on on people. Um and, and, and yet they smell like gingerbread. They smell like a fresh cookie. I can't get over it. I I, I just, I love that smell. It's, Is that going to uh, win the Shecky Award for Smell of the Year? It might. It might. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that reminder. Anyway, listen, I want to talk. Before we get to the Shecky Awards at the end of the year, there's uh, the small matter of football season to come here. And in most years, Jeff Schwartz and Eddie Spaghetti, there's one big question throughout the offseason. 
And it was, I don't remember even how many years ago that was, eight, 10 years ago, like will Chip Kelly's uh, Oregon Ducks offense work with the Philadelphia Eagles? Will it overwhelm the NFL? Yes or no? That was a big question and everybody had to weigh in one way or the other. Then there was, will Lamar Jackson's offense be, will it thrive in the NFL or will it get shut down? Um, then just last year, it was uh, the whole offseason. Belichick or Brady, who we're going to find out who was the real, um, the most important piece of that. Or Belichick and Brady. We kind of saw the results of all of that, although we can kind of put a pin in that um, and give Belichick a, uh, a mulligan on that one. I want to get to that. Um, but I feel like in 2021, this is an especially juicy off season as we head into things there are a lot of questions that uh, that a lot of narratives that will emerge here and I want to I want to get uh, your guys thoughts on these in Judaism as Jeff Schwartz knows Eddie Spaghetti when you sit down at Passover the holiday of birth and rebirth among the Jewish people as Jeff Schwartz counts himself uh, one there are four questions that are asked as you as you gather around the table with your family Let's first of all figure out what those four are. Best I can, let's start with the one I just mentioned there. It's uh, Belichick and or Brady 2.0 here. How do things go for the Patriots and the Buccaneers in 2021? Jeff Schwartz, let's start with you. Well, since Eddie is the youngest, doesn't he have to recite this in Hebrew as quick as possible? <laughs> in his goomba, do it, do it, do it like do it with some Staten Island flair. I was always, I, I was not the youngest, but like Mitch couldn't do it for like twelve years, so I had to do the Mani Shana like as much as possible. Oh boy, bringing back some memories there. Is that how that? Mani Shana Halila That's how. Yeah. Okay. Never enough Hebrew on one podcast. Um, you asked the Brady or Belichick question. Is that what we're going with? Question one, number one. Yes, and because I don't think that the Brady update, as I said, just to give I, you the I, background, I just, what I think, I, I think Belichick is, I mean, I think Brady is, you know, we, we still haven't properly, I know has, how much okay, he's the most celebrated athlete in America, yeah. and yet I still don't think we've celebrated enough that at 43, he walks in the door to the Buccaneers and wins the Super Bowl, and really, they got all yeah. 22 back. Are we overthinking things to say anything other than, yeah, the Bucs are going to go back to the Super Bowl? Well, it's just it's tough to, to to do that. But with Tom Brady, we we know that you know he's he's the exception to every rule. I, I think here's the thing with Belichick, and um, there's two things to discuss here. There's Belichick the coach and Belichick the general manager. Because Belichick the coach was fine last year. They were seven and nine with an entire defense that opted out with Cam Noon, who was who was never the same after he got COVID. Um, I think Belichick the coach was fine. It's Belichick the GM that at times is not very good and has held this team back. And now this year they went out and got a bunch of guys in free agency. So now it's almost a question of is Belichick the GM versus Brady the with the player? Like I I think that Brady and Belichick together formed a great pair. And now that they've split up, we're seeing that Belichick the GM falling a little bit behind, where Brady went to a very talented offense, a very talented defense. So this year to me, it's about do the pieces that Belichick add. Does that make them a playoff? Because they're not winning the Super Bowl with with Cam Newton or Mac Jones, but are they in the playoffs with those guys? If they're in the playoffs with Cam and or Mac Jones, Dave, I think we look at Belichick a little bit differently. I agree, but I'm the one asking the four questions, and you're adding uh, 14 more on top of it. What's the answer, Jeff Schwartz? 
Are they a playoff team? I think they are nothing sm- nothing short of the X factor of the AFC this year. I think they. I think I think they are. I think they are a playoff team. Yes, you do. Eh, seven yeah. teams. That's that's a big call because that means that likely there are at best two teams out of the North. There are only so many slots for you, and I have the Chargers. Winning well, you know how the I feel AFC about West. You know how I, I think they about. win the AFC West. By yeah, the way. I know. That's I, just you crazy know, talk. You know that's the, you not know crazy how... talking. Let me just tell you why as a side note very quickly about that, just so you know where I sit here, because I want to get that on the record, because a lot of people are going to jump on by the end of September about how good the Chargers are. And look, can they do it? Are they really? Is Justin Herbert going to beat out Patrick Mahomes? The answer is yes. And here's why. Patrick Mahomes is better than Justin Herbert right now, based on what we've already seen. Fine. Is the Chiefs offense that much better than the Chargers? No, it is not. It, as great as it is, it is not leaps and bounds better than the Chargers. What is leaps and bounds better is the Chargers defense than the Chiefs. That's, I mean, that's the difference, right? I mean, it's pretty simple to me. The defense is going to be mighty uh, for the chart. I mean, it's going to be a high end, maybe the best defense in uh, in football this year. So, I mean, and the Chiefs are, you know, Pretty good. They they have some nice pieces on defense. There's there's my thinking on that one. But Mahomes just fixes all the Chiefs' problems. I, people like to say that kind of stuff, but that doesn't make it so. He doesn't fix. He's not going to be. He has fixed any problems they've had the last couple of he's years. He's into a different phase. He's into a different phase now. Now that he's making <laughs> that big money, he is. He's as I said to you last. As I said to you six months ago, the best roster he will ever be a part of is the ones that are, are the ones he's already been a part of. He's never going to have a more complete roster. That's the way it goes right. with the salary cap. And you start making that kind of gravy as the quarterback. It diminishes everything else around you. That's the point. That's 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 a fair point, yes. But I still think they're going to win the division. But nonetheless, okay. Patriots, because you have, you have Ravens, Browns, Chargers, Chiefs, Pats, Bills, and one team from the South. That feels about right. Yeah, I know. This of all the years, maybe we should just not allow a South team. If Ryan Tannehill gets hurt or something, or Derrick Henry, it's we like, oh, allow, we're, we're not to even going to do it. We had to allow an NFC East team last year, so we should probably have to allow a South team. Yeah, true enough. Touche. Um, so, all right. So you're saying that the Patriots do get it. I also, I, I'm not yet ready. I know I keep saying it. I am very close to making the Dolphins my AFC East pick over the Bills. But okay, I do think that the Bill I do think the Dolphins, but you know, if the Patriots are sufficiently good, then that mucks up and I don't think the Jets are an abject joke this year either. I feel like there that's going to be a competitive division takes me back to my Titans as your number 1 seed pick by the way cuz there's the other divisions are going to be so competitive. Um, imagine what the West would have been if Rodgers had landed there. Uh, I still think that's a halfway decent team. But by the way, with the Colts, I wonder if they go get Teddy B. That's the answer to me. Is that like or Marcus uh, Mariota? Forget this Minshew Mariota. jive. That's that's terrible. Foles, Mariota. You know, like I say, Teddy B. You could put, drop him into that, and and that team would be good enough to be competitive at least to, in in the South race. I think. I think you have to look at at the contract situations for these quarterbacks because you want to get a guy. I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater's contract. He's on a one year deal, so he's a free agent after this year. You want to you want to um, end up with a player if you get a quarterback who's gone after this year. 
how they how do you rework his deal so quickly? He signed a three year deal last year with the Panthers. Um, yeah, it is so weird. You, I don't get how that. I, I I at this when guys get into this stage of their career, I don't understand how it's so easy to get out from under these contracts and how malleable they they are um, and team friendly they are. I guess player friendly too. Um, but so you say Patriots are they the third place team in that division, or are they are you putting them ahead of? one of the it's dolphins or a good question the dolphins um, it's easy to throw out oh that team's going to the playoffs but you have to take someone the away dolphins. the dolphins are going to have defensive regression right that's just every year on defense especially we get kind of returning to the mean right if you're really bad one year you return to the middle if you're really good you typically return to the middle i just got to see some more from tua i i gotta see it like i, I don't really i mean it sounds kind of odd but i trust a healthy cam newton over Tua right now, I, I with 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 what hmm. the Patriots kind of have on their offense. I don't know. I think it's very close, um, but I I just would roll with the guy that I sort of know what I'm getting with, with the guy that I don't know what I'm getting with right now. I know. I what? I mean, know, I, that's after what one I'm, month, that's what I'm Tua, on. after one month, Tua looks good. I might change my opinion, but I I got to see it with Tua first. I'm very conservative when it comes to looking at young quarterbacks and predicting they're going to be amazing when we've seen nothing so far yet. Like I, I think people rush all the time to say, Hey, this guy's going to be incredible. Uh, just wait, just wait. And, and typically you wait for 12 years. Like it doesn't happen. So I, I don't typically go out on a limb for quarterbacks that are teams that I really haven't seen do it yet. I think a lot of people get in trouble when they do that. Wait a second. Well, okay. I mean, we could debate whether or not you actually do that. You were right. You withheld opinion or you were conservative about Lamar Jackson. I was aggressive and was correct that Lamar Jackson did overwhelm the NFL for one season. I think that his regression does continue. I don't think that team has fixed the offensive line as well as they needed to. I don't think they've addressed their front seven. Justin Houston was a must have for them based on clowny i mean you got to keep up with the joneses that is a real thing in football within your division if clowny goes along with garrett to cleveland and pittsburgh adds melvin ingram alongside tj watt you're really lagging in the pass rush department and i also i like i said i don't think the offensive line is constructed to handle garrett clowny tj watt and melvin ingram and the oncoming alex highsmith the reports out of pittsburgh for what it matters in august remember though the august is a lie for your eyes don't listen to anything you hear in august and apply it to what's going to be to to it looks good what I'm going with Tua being good is, is that everybody coveted him two years ago until he got hurt against LSU. It was like, oh, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna uh, rule football in a year. Tank for Tua and all that. I think the year sitting down, conservative with Brian Flores, it makes sense that maybe they would approach things a little conservatively in terms of um, the throws they were having to make. I do think in year two with the collection, the upgrade in uh, in playmakers that they have there, I think they can be a factor here, but. Tom Brady, let's stay in Florida quickly. They win the division. Are they your favorite? Who are you taking in yeah. the NFC if you're not taking Brady at 43? If I'm not taking Brady, oh, and the Packers are obvious. And I'll give you, I'll give you another one. I hate doing this to myself because I do this every year, and they never win. The Dallas Cowboys. I hate oh, doing this. On. I hate doing really? this. Yeah, here's why. Here's why. So their offense is going to be good. Do you agree with me on that? With okay, no doubt. Okay, no doubt. And so, I think the offensive line is finally is, is, is getting okay. close to where and, and they, uh, they, they probably have the strength. They have the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL, I think. 
tight ends, you know, the, I don't know if you if you have the whole package, including tight end, not the top, but, you know, they are in the top five, let's say. So offensively, they're fine. Defensively, they can't be any worse, Dave. So if they're just average on defense, they're going to win the NFC East. They're the, by far the best quarterback in that division. Sorry, Eddie. I, I think Daniel Jones is still running laps right now as we as we go over this from a, a big fight at practice today. Um, and he's don't roll your eyes at me. Jalen Hurts, no, and Fitz, no, like, you know, Dax, so they're going to win the NFC East. And they might be in a spot where, you know, you're, they're in the divisional round with a good chance to win that game and, and play in the NFC Championship game. So like, I think the Cowboys could get there. I keep saying this every like, I, I don't trust them exactly. But when you look around the rest of the NFC, if we're looking for a surprise-ish team, it might be them. The Michael Thomas injury in New Orleans derails what I thought was going to be a little bit of a sleeper team because that Saints roster is loaded, but I don't know if Jameis, and now you got to kind of consider Taysom a little bit more so you can go run heavy with Kamara and and Latavius Murray. And, you know, I, I with Taysom Hill, I could see kind of what New England is presumably going to going to do up there and try and grind you. I would think with that great defense in New Orleans and and running the ball until you get Michael Thomas back. Um but I, the other thing is too and I know people the cools like to say like it wasn't Tom Brady who won that Super Bowl. I think he had something to do with the result um of them winning the Super Bowl after they were, you know, irrelevant for at least a decade prior. Um the guy who I don't know if the average fan is fully aware of is who is a gigantic human being and it is Vita Vea who had he not gotten hurt in the middle of the year he was on track he was so dominant giant Jeff Schwartz sized human beings could not handle Vita Vea last year before he got hurt he's just a moot he's a bear of a man he's he's, I and, and they have nice pass rushers. And we know about uh, about their pair of uh, inside linebackers. And they have a young, um, talented secondary. That defense could really be the difference, too. Tom Brady doesn't have to be a world beater. He wasn't a world beater, and they won the Super Bowl. Okay, so next question is, and we can make be, be quick about this one, kind of. The 2018 draft class of QBs, Baker, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. We'll leave Josh uh, J- uh, Josh Rosen out of it, even though we're doing the four questions here. Um, I'm interested in how you think they finish their careers, if any of them, how many of them get gold jackets. But where do you come down on Sam Darnold joining this class? Because there were a lot of people who thought he's the best one. In fact, yeah, I did too. consensus was, I think, was that he was going to be the best. Yeah. And it was almost a surprise that Baker went ahead of him. I think Sam Darnold and the Panthers are a factor in their division this year. I wouldn't be stunned if they win the division this year, Jeff Schwartz. The Carolina Panthers, I'll say you, <sighs> with Sam Darnold at the helm. He's the Yeah, question. I mean, this is one of those situations where I think Sam has a lot of talent. But I need to see him put it all together. And he has an opportunity now with a better offensive line than he had in New York with some good weapons, with good coaching to, to put it all together. And so um, I think if he does, with the Saints being a little bit down this year, I think the Falcons could low-key be good. I am curious about the Falcons this year. I don't see the Panthers winning the division, but I see them possibly being competitive if Darnold is good. I think well, is they, he going to be good? I, I, that's the question, friend. I, I, that's what I'm asking you about. I think he'll be average. I think he'll be average. The Panthers, I think, will regret not drafting quarterback this season. Hmm. 
While the it, Panthers sit there, what's funny is the Panthers are plus one thousand to win the division. The Falcons are plus seven hundred. That seems weird. The Falcons, to me, with Arthur Smith, are going to be good. I think. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. We'll keep an eye on that and quickly uh, give me the answer to my question. Any gold jackets in this QB class? I don't think so. None. Lamar Jackson's not going to the Hall of Fame. Josh Allen's not going to go to the Hall of Fame. You just said you think Lamar Jackson takes a step back this year. I'm, uh, I'm so what? I'm one man. Well, if he takes a step back, I'm, I'm I mean, one typically, man. typically, I'm. You know, I'm not high on this Ravens offense. Like, I, I don't think. Oh, um, I didn't know if you had turned around on it. I didn't know if you thought maybe it was going to no. with the with the new pass catchers with uh, Bateman. And, I have not uh, take, I have not changed my opinion. The goal is to win playoff games and Super Bowls. And I don't think this offense can do that. Okay, I hear you. So regarding Baker Mayfield, are the Browns, in fact, in the division that is almost always ruled by either the team in purple or the team in black and gold or a combo of the both, are the Browns, in fact, ready to take it over? They, I'm sorry, Dave, but, but they Don't are. Don't be sorry to me. If they do, they do. And I think week 18 is going to be the exclamation point when the Browns play the Steelers to end the season. And there was a big exclamation we, point we, last year when they barely beat Mason Rudolph and a bunch of Steelers backups to sneak into the playoffs. What a what a Do you remember uh, the playoff uh, game though? I don't remember I that game. Did, I saw what I saw. Oh, what okay. I'm just I'm just curious if it uh I still think I'm Mike excited Tomlin, for Browns. I still think fans. I'm Mike excited. Tomlin, okay, sure. I, I'm sure if Mike Tomlin I still think if he had gone for another fourth and three, Steelers might win that game, man. The, the Browns have got so tight with at the end. Too. They got so tight yes. at the end. Here's the thing with the Browns. They have their most talented roster in the NFL. I, I think that's that's probably not okay. hard to debate. The problem I like the Chargers roster is their quarterback. Okay. So when they're up against the Bills or the Chiefs, who rosters are talented but not as good as theirs, the play of Pat Mahomes far elevates the Chiefs, in my opinion, over the Browns because of that, right? So Baker Mayfield's in this offense. Or Chad Henney, for that matter. Sure, Chad Henney. We saw We've seen, I should say, in this offense, the Shanahan McVay offense, take average quarterbacks and make them really good. Okay, we saw this with Jared Goff a couple of years ago. We saw it with Jimmy G a couple of years ago. When when really they're they're not, they're average quarterbacks. And so when that's the case, things sort of have to go well for you, right? So when the Browns are moving the ball on offense, when they're playing good defense, when everything is is going as according to script, Mayfield's really good. But when things aren't really going according to script, when you know he had a lot of games last year where he threw for under 200 yards and they won. I mean, that's not really common in the NFL now, right? They, like that's not a, a formula that we see too often. Cannot hide your quarterback, right? So if you're going to to Arrowhead, I think the Chiefs win the AFC and excuse me, win the have the one seed. I think they, and part of the reason why is they're going to beat the Browns in Week One and they're going to have that tiebreaker over Cleveland. Um, I actually feel very strong that Chiefs will win that game. Andy Reid mm. is incredible off a bye, essentially. I mean, he scored, I think, average like 35-ish points in week one with Everybody Pat I remembers so the season opener against the world champion Patriots when uh, when Andy Reid and company yeah. with Alex Smith yeah. went in there and smoked them. Yes. Yeah. So um, so I, I think that they lose that game, and that gives kind of the Chiefs the advantage all year, right? They have one game up on, on, on the Browns all season in that. Uh, is Mayfield going into Arrowhead – and beating the Chiefs in, in January. And he, he, you know, last year was close, right? The first half was really good. The second half, they couldn't score. They didn't move the ball. Like I said they got Chad Hennied. And so I just, I don't, I think the Browns are so close. 
And what the Browns are going to do, they're going to pay Baker Mayfield because they have to pay. They have to pay him. I, I think that's the greatest and, gift to the AFC North is Mayfield and Lamar Jackson getting huge yeah, second contract, and, right? And look, I, I this is a this is a much different, um, because the timetable for where May, Baker at is in, in his development where Alex Smith was at, but the Chiefs were sort of like the Browns, okay. The Chiefs with Alex Smith were making the playoffs every year, which I think the Browns are going to do consistently. I think the Browns with Baker Mayfield make the playoffs most years. Okay, they'll make the playoffs most years. They might win a playoff game or two. Roster's going to get worse though once Correct. he gets that big contract. Correct. Roster I, starts I agree, to fall apart. But, but I think that that the Stefanski is a good coach. They have enough good players, right? They play tough division. I get that, but you know they'll they'll be a, a playoff team ish every year, right? They'll be close enough, Dave. An extra you know extra team every year now. But they're not going to be good enough to win the Super Bowl with, with Baker Mayfield. And okay. the Chiefs said, look, we're doing this every year with Alex Smith. We need to get ourselves Pat Mahomes. And they went and got him, right? And then Alex has best season in the NFL. If you're the Browns, it's very bold and not going to do it. But do you say, we're not going to pay Baker this year? Maybe there's a special player in the draft this upcoming year that we can go get ourselves like the Chiefs did Pat Mahomes. It's very bold, very unlikely. But if I could, if I told you Browns fans, you can upgrade your quarterback in the draft next year, would you do it? Now they would say yes. But the problem is, is that what if you don't, right? What if you waste a first round draft pick, you trade all the way up and the guy's a scrub and then you now have really ruined your chance to win a, a Super Bowl. I'd be looking into, if I were, if I were the Browns, I'd be looking into Jordan Love right now. I really think that's what they should do. All right. Two yeah, very Jordan quick. Love is that much better. But he's got kind of he feels like that kind of prodigious talent who hasn't really worked in conventional offenses and might be explosive in the way Mahomes was or Trey Lance is projected to be two very fast ones. One, yes or no answer. Deshaun Watson takes a snap in uh, the NFL this season. It feels unlikely now, doesn't it? I agree. Um, Lastly. I'm reminded of third eyed blind. Everybody is saying that it's over for Big Ben Roethlisberger. You know, when the when you hit the cliff, it is. It's a, it's a precipitous drop for NFL players, for quarterbacks especially. But third eye blind comes to mind. Wish you would step back from that ledge, Big Ben. Will he? Will he? And will he write one last chapter for the Pittsburgh Steelers? A playoff bid. January, leaving in glory, not in shame, weeping on the bench at the at the hands of the uh, of the Cleveland Browns. How say you, Schwartz? Yeah, this is not going to be a good year for for, for your Steelers. Um, it's hard to find examples of older quarterbacks that are going downhill and then pop Tom back Brady. up. For, Tom Brady. Tom Brady was not. No, 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 no. See, you're going to say that Tom Brady was not going downhill in New England. He had no one to throw to in New England. It's a big difference. He had nowhere yeah, to throw. Ben to. Roethlisberger wasn't being protected in 2020. He How about that? That's my answer fine. to that one. He's protected just fine. Get out of here with that. Um, maybe he can throw under throw another RPO. This, this, he didn't have this a year. running back. He didn't have a running back. Uh, well, you and I, I laughed do. about that. It I do like. I do. I'll tell you out. what. Some pause man trying to work a, a remote control or something. Yeah. Some pause to watch it. I've yes. heard good news about their offensive line, which you know I've been skeptical about. I've heard some positive news. I got some more yesterday. It was in the, so it's good. Dan Moore's doing a good job. The rookies are, you know, Green's Do doing well. Do you think, well. get in uh, on that. I know it's a little deep in the weeds for the uh, for the casual Steelers fan, but Dan Moore, you think, gets the left tackle gig over Chooks? That's your yes, insight? You're that's hearing whispers been, about that? I've been led to believe that. I mean, we, we, we saw 
that, um, you know, that, you know, in, without pads on, I struggle a little bit. I think today we saw, I think I saw a report today um, that, you know, with the pads on, he's looked a lot better in his, in his past that's mm. in his play so far. So um, that's, that's great, right? The improvement is, is, uh, is good. Yeah. I mean, he says here, oh, it's from yesterday, right? Not, nice day for Dan Moore and Olan Dillon. We're good base. One, four and oh, on his reps, two versus Roche, two versus Highsmith. Um, so I, I think, I think we're seeing the improvement now with pads and kind of getting used to it. It takes a little bit of time with the speed, right? I mean, you're going from, from, you know, nothing to the ones like that's, I mean, you know, so Highsmith is a good player, right? You go, you're going right to that position. You're getting those reps with the ones. I think he wins that job. Look, this is going to be a young physical unit. Um, again, not a lot of experience, but I'm, I'm pleased. I, you know, if we've seen some, some, some clips out of training camp, with uh, with them under center a little bit more, which Dave, I talked about this, right? Get under center a little bit well, of more. Of course, I've always talked more, about that more, for years. I've been talking about more, it. More physical in offense, get that play action pass going. Uh, we saw the, some of the fly sweep action, which we know Matt Canada um, you know, likes to use. But it's just about Ben. I mean, can you can you get that one magical year out of him? I just I, I don't know, Dave. I don't know. So Denver Broncos did it a uh, half decade ago. Seems like you could do it. Uh, Hall, I, the question is kind of like in that division to me is, you know, guy on the back end of a Hall of Fame career, first ballot. He's not what he used to be, but he's been around. That's got to count for something. You know, he's, it's not like he's lost his whip. He can't run is his problem. Um or do you want these guys that are kind of like we like Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow promise and everything, but we don't know what they're going to be. Who do you really want in that situation? I don't think it's the worst thing in the world that they have Ben Roethlisberger. The bigger question is the offensive line. You are an expert on that. That's why yeah. I turn to you as we wrap it up here is, is it a bad thing? Like, I don't think a, a young secondary is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers proved a year ago. Like, it's fine. all right, there are certain positions. If you have a rookie running back, that's better than a tenured veteran. He's a, a, a grizzled vet. I don't want a 10-year running back. I want a rookie running back with spry legs. Offensive line, is it more important to have, like, you know, this unit's been together and they slobber on each other and all the like, they like to go out and, and eat steaks together and make the rookie pay? Or is it like, yeah, athleticism matters. These guys are young guys on the offensive line. Yeah, I like their I like their uh, youthful exuberance, and that's enough to get by in the NFL. Or is it like, yeah, you can't make it? I mean, with, with, in that formula, I think all of it matters, right? I mean, you have young guys that are confident, but you know, it takes some time to learn how to play the game, right? To learn how to be physical, to learn how to communicate. I, I think that um, you know a young core together now that can grow, right? You have Dan Moore, you have green and you have Dotson together as a unit right. you have three young fizz- that's good but you know that might not show this year though right it might take till next year to really gel that's what together. i'm asking how fast is I mean, it, it, can it, it, it happen it's different for everyone right now look all those three three of those guys work with my guy duke Mannyweather in dallas a lot of his guys tend to start fast in their careers right so that's a that's a plus in my opinion um but we don't know dave like we don't know till they play the preseason games so they get out there and, and play regular season game I'm, like I said, I'm more comfortable with their offensive line now than I was three months ago. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I, I I don't have a great answer for that. I wish I could tell you that it gels right away, but it it might. I mean, there's no veteran on that offensive line. Who's the veteran? Like, there's no, there's who's the Zach Banner is the veteran? Like, Trey, there's no, no, Trey Turner. Is he, is he starting? Oh, yeah, he's going to start. Like, left guard or right no, guard? Right guard. And right. Dotson's at left guard. Yeah. 
probably, although he's not get coward is getting more first team reps for some reason. I'm not sure what. So, I mean, I, I, so I, I, yeah, I mean, Trey Turner, I guess is the veteran there. Uh, I mean, it's still a young, it's still a pretty young group, right? I mean, if Banner plays right tackles, that doesn't have a lot of starts in the NFL. Um, so there's a, you know, it's, there's a new offense as well. It might take a couple of weeks to kind of figure things out. Yeah, that worked for the Patriots. I mean, for the Patriots, for the Buccaneers. All right, listen. Wonderful stuff as always, Jeff Schwartz. We got to get you back before college football kicks off. We didn't even get into it. And I want to talk to you about why the Pitt Panthers are going over their season win total of seven. I don't know what goes on with that. Why that's so low. They play uh, they play more than enough games to get up over that seven. But Jeff Schwartz, you're the tops fella. We got to get the full breakdown of what's going on in college football. I suspect that we can get it on Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. So make sure you're looking for that wherever you find your podcast. And of course, he's uh, spinning great noise there on uh, Fox Sports Radio. So be looking out for uh, the great Jeff Schwartz. Thanks for the time. Best to the missus. Nice to finally uh, to meet her. Yes. And uh, and we'll kibitz with you soon. Now you can go eat. Sounds good, guys. Bye. The great Jeff Schwartz, everybody. All right, Eddie Spaghetti. Big news. No, your Rangers didn't get uh, Jack Eichel. I don't know what's going on with that. But to the matter at hand here, it is Tuesday. Like we say, this is your time to shine, Eddie Spaghetti. And it is your time, you, the listener, to make some money off of the insights of Eddie Spaghetti because it is time for FanDuel's promo. Every Tuesday, $5 Dinger Tuesdays, you place a $25 wager on any player to hit a home run on Tuesday, and you get a $5 bonus in site credit for every home run hit in the game. I like using FanDuel. I've told you that before. I'll tell it to you again, not just to make that uh, Titans as your number one seed pick. Um, make sure you do that. And all your bets, FanDuel.com slash minus three. It's the word minus the number three. I love the same game parlays. I love the fast payouts. That's the reason. Those are the reasons I should say that FanDuel is America's number one sports book. But let's get to it, Eddie Spaghetti. Who's going deep on Tuesday? Instead of uh, giving a different pick, I'm going to double down. I gave Anthony Rizzo out on extra points yesterday. The Yankees, uh, you know, last night had a pretty bad offensive output versus the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, but Anthony Rizzo, newly acquired Anthony Rizzo, was given a standing ovation for the first uh, his first Yankees home game. Fans already love him. I think the offense bounced back in a, in a really, really big way. Alexander Wells pitching for the Orioles. He is like a mid-five ERA Tony has already had two home runs He's on base constantly. I, I love the energy he's bringing to this team. Love him as a player. He's going to go yard tonight. So my pick, doubling down, extra points and minus three. Tuesday Dinger, Anthony Rizzo versus the Baltimore Orioles. Lock it in. All right. All right. You're so smart. Brian Cashman. So smart. You're so smart. The Yanks, he did it. Pilfered other teams to get back into contention. Must be so proud, Eddie Spaghetti. All right, listen, the, the point is, Eddie Spaghetti is rarely wrong on Tuesdays with who's going to hit a home run. Go get Rizzo. Make yourself some money. Do it at FanDuel.com slash minus three. What do you think? What was the big takeaway? Did he say anything shocking there? I Listen, Spaghetti, let me tell you something. That's, that counts as good news, what I just heard about the Steelers' offensive line. If he's hearing good reports, I mean, that's a, it's easy to do kind of what he was just doing there for the majority of our conversation, Spaghetti, which is like, I don't know. Like, I, I, but we're in the predictive business here. And so we must make predictions. And ever, it's easy to say, like, I haven't seen it from Tua yet. So I'm going to hold out until he does it. But if we're trying to prognosticate what's going to be, it's too late. If you, if it's like, well, okay, now two is good. So now I believe it. Now you've missed, uh, you've missed the boat gambling wise and beyond. Um, 
I like what he just said about the Steelers' offensive line. My take, biggest takeaway from what Jeff said that kind of perked uh, my ears up was that the class, it was a really good question by you, the class of the the Baker, Lamar, Josh Allen, none of them are Hall of Famers. So when you think about that, when he says that, that it's not saying that they won't win a Super Bowl, but obviously, as we know in the NFL, if you win Super Bowls and you're a quarterback and you have a pretty good career, you're more likely to be inducted than not. Yeah, that's a good so point. He, you're right. So he's essentially saying those guys won't win Super Bowls. And then to uh, to go further with the Baker stuff, saying that they have the best roster in football. I'm not really sure about the Cleveland Browns with the best roster in football, but he's pretty, low, he's pretty low on Baker. Um, so, I mean, if a guy, it's, I mean, it's interesting to, to come out and just say that for a team that most people think could win the division or at least be in, the, in play to in the AFC North, if he's their weak point, I mean, I think that's pretty bold stuff uh, from there, from from Jeff. Let's get your answers to all these questions, then, Spaghetti. Uh, before we wrap it up here, um, I want to think. Hey, let Let's start there. With uh, we'll work backwards from there. Are the Browns going to take over? I still Are like they going to Ra- win the division. Are no, I like I, I like the Ravens to win the division still. All right, I don't like that opinion. Um, Okay, let's. What, what did you have the odds in front of you for the division? I want to see if they've uh, changed at all here. Um, yeah, I could. Uh, I can pull them up. The, the Ravens right now is still at eleven wins, and then for the division, um, the AFC North right now, the Baltimore Ravens are plus one twenty, the Browns are plus one sixty, the Steelers are plus four fifty, and the Bengals are uh, plus seventeen hundred. I, I bring it up every time we talk about this division, but Sal did float that, and it is interesting. And see, I never look at the bottom feeder team, but. The Jags, they're not the bottom feeder in that atrocious division. The Texans are plus 2,100, but the Bengals have to take that as a real slap in the face to be plus 1,700 in their division. The The Texans have no chance. The Steelers at plus 450 aren't that great a value, but you know they did win the division last year, so it's not that insane. The thing that's going to make news, I predict, in Pittsburgh is that Jeff Schwartz, who's kind of tied in with with Duke and what those offensive linemen specifically are doing, is that Dan Moore is going to get the starting gig over Chooks, which I guess creates a, a certain depth that Chooks could swing over to to the right side if, if Banner doesn't work out over there. Intriguing stuff there. Um, next question, how say you? Baker, Lamar, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, any Hall of Famers there? I think there's going to be at least one from that group. I think someone wins multiple. Who? I think it's going to be. I think it's don't, Lamar. Don't get crazy saying multiple Super Bowls. No, it's very. Lamar, I think multiple. it's Lamar. I'm still pretty high on on Baltimore. I like. I've said it before in the pod. I love Rashad Bateman. I think he's going to make Lamar. Um, you know, people are still like, oh, he you know regressed a little bit. Like he'll be a really good passer again. He still has the legs as long as there's no devastating injury. And Baltimore seems to always just they draft. Like they draft super well, and they always find guys. They're always a good roster foundation. I think they're. I think they have a, a shot. I'm not saying it's this season, but they will win another title. And uh, I think Lamar will will have a Hall of Fame level career. So I think he's I'll just say the best specific. Chance. I hear you, but I think specifically, as as I've said ad nauseum, the you know if you want to do what they what what Lamar Jackson and and, and they want to do on that offense and then they also want him to be able to some degree to throw from the pocket it's not good to have questions at, at both tackle spots and I say that as somebody who's we're coming off of talking about Dan Moore versus Chooks versus Banner is not exactly uh draping the black and gold in glory at least at, at this point but you know Ronnie Stanley's coming off an injury uh, villain away, but well, they lose Zeus Brown. Like that seems pretty uninspired to me too. 
pre I mean pre injury, you could argue Ronnie Stanley was the best tackle in football. I know, but so he's a, but he is hurt. But he, uh, but he is coming off injury. Right, but I'm but I'm not. If he's fully healthy, I think he's gonna be fine. I mean, he's he's as good as it gets, and that's not my Notre Dame bias speaking. I like, I, but like goes back to what I said. They're just a really good organization. They draft well. They find guys. They give good deals in free agency, and they get you know. And uh, our pal Dan Jeremiah just tweeting some notes from Baltimore Ravens camp, and he was like, Dobbins is gonna be awesome this year. And if he's a really really good running back, and he takes a big load off of Lamar Jackson's plate. Like uh, again, I, I like them a lot. Not, not it's not even a, sh- a shot at the Steelers. So I'm, I am pro Steelers this season, but I think the Ravens are going to be uh, serious contenders. What do you think about his confidence in the Dallas Cowboys? I still that's the team for me. I'm I, I, the the Washington's undone by QB. I don't care about Fitz Magic. Um, I do. I could see you've kind of talked me into it, as a matter of fact, among others, that the Giants defense could be a a, a side of strength for them with the Cowboys having questions on their defense. I do like Dan Quinn turning uh, Big D's defense around a little bit there. Um, Giants intriguing, but eight, this is, uh, I don't, outside of Baker Mayfield with pressure, I like to identify who's got the most pressure on him this year. I think, I think, that's a good one to circle right there is uh, is Danny Dimes. This is a monster, obviously for him, a monster year because that division can be had if he's if he's, you know, top half of the quarterbacks in pro football this year. I can see the Giants winning that division with all those playmakers that he has around them. Totally agree. I mean, I know I don't come on to minus three or any really podcast on the extra points network and expecting love from the Giants outside of uh, Harry. <laughs> uh, you know, you got Sal who's a Cowboys fan. I know Jeff likes to make his jokes to the Giants. and and But I'll say this. like I'm, I've been pretty honest about like Dak is the best quarterback by far. Their offense should be the best by far. Their defense is the downfall. I'm still, I think you were seeing more questions kind of arise about what's going on with Zeke. You know, Zeke wasn't that great last year coming into, you know, severely underweight this year. I'm not sure that's a good thing. Um, and talks, you know, pressure as well. Dak with this big deal. And if the Giants win this division or, you know, let's just say Washington wins the division or whatever. I mean, it's not like people in Dallas who did not want to pay him are going to be thrilled with Dak if he doesn't get the job done. So there's some pressure on Dak as well. But he that's should fair. Be that's fair. Far. He comes out of the gate. If he doesn't dominate early, there will be some pushback on that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, he should be. He should be fine. And and. and uh, like you know the Giants they had it's camp so who you know who really cares about it? I know you're not a big preseason camp guy but Dale Jones has looked pretty good I know there was the big fight today that took all the the you know the press but like Jones was like perfect in the red zone offense drills and this so like I'm I'm feeling pretty good it's you know the defense should be a strength and the one key guy that I've been reading about was Aziz Ojolari who they got from Georgia in the second round due to injury He's a first-round talent. He's one of the best pass rushers in this last draft. And the Giants are like, yeah, you're going to start and get the most amount of snaps. So that's a guy to watch out for. And if they have an actual pass rusher, well, plus Lorenzo Carter's coming back, that's going to change the Giants even big time because they didn't have that for the last few seasons. And now actually having one would be uh, – it would be such a big help with a team with a really, a really pretty good and, like, full of depth secondary. That's a good mix. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with the defense. Obviously, it's what has already happened where Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott are concerned, and Dak is better than Danny Dimes, uh, you know, if they're both having 
um, good seasons by their own standards. Dak is the better quarterback. But, man, the Giants at plus 440, that's a great value. Washington at plus 270, and Dallas uh, feels like most people's pick at plus 130 in the division. But if you hear what Spaghetti is laying down and you're picking it up, I, I don't think you're crazy. And also, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, and every day now if you are on social media, you see C.D. Lamb making insane catches. Um, but, I mean, you know, look at the playmakers that Danny Dimes has around him at this point with all the injuries and otherwise with Saquon notwithstanding. I think I'd rather have Saquon to the point I made earlier. Give me youth. And he does not have a lot of wear and tear. He weighs a lot of tear, but um, uh, does Saquon. But, you know, there is still upside there. Zeke is what he's going to be. I can't imagine that we haven't already seen the best Zeke Elliott's ever going to be. I think we've seen the best of his work. And so are you really sure that Dallas has better playmakers, perhaps a better offensive line? Giants, conversely, might have better pieces on defense. I don't think it's uh, it's outrageous, Eddie Spaghetti, what you're uh, what you're throwing there with your G-men winning that division. Um and Brady and or Belichick. Where do you come down on that one, Eddie Spaghetti? Well, in terms of this upcoming season, it's for sure the Buccaneers. I mean, I think the Buccaneers. Well, are no, be- you could go both, though. That's the point. That's why I say and or you could go. You could say I'm going both here. Um, you could I say don't, Tampa I- is my team to beat in the uh, at least in their division. They're. Wait, is that, am I reading that right? I got to put on my glasses to make sure I see that right. Minus 195. I guess that's warranted with Michael Thomas being down for the Saints, but the Saints are at plus 330 are an interesting value. And like I say, the Carolina Panthers at plus 1,000. Plus 1,000. What am I missing, Eddie Spaghetti? That that seems crazy to me. A lot of people like the Panthers with their offense. You know, uh, Joe Brady's there, and everyone seems to love Matt Rule, and McCaffrey's back and healthy. I don't, I don't know. I wish I liked the Panthers more. I wish I, I, the same thing for the Falcons. I wish I liked the Falcons a little bit more. I wish the Falcons didn't get rid of Julio Jones because then I would love to hop on one of those two teams because I'm not really buying into the Saints at all. And I know, obviously, without Drew Brees, Michael Thomas was not good last year anyway. Uh, barely played. And now I'm supposed to trust into a weird, you know, Taysom Hill, J- Jameis Winston, potentially Ian Book in the third string quarterback situation. It's, I don't know. I, I think teams are going to know it's going to be running through Kamara. So I think Brady, again, has just served the division on a silver platter. And as a person Brian, who... Actually, uh, it kind of is breaking. Like, the football gods, really. It, it is really... That is the takeaway that I guess I'm uh, missing there. But it all it, adds up to, like, the football gods are just once again smiling on the old man here. But you said it yourself. Like, Vita Vea, if he's back fully healthy, is a dominant enforced their defense was the best part of that team for the throughout the entire season they have some of the best defensive playmakers so like brady like is going to do what he always does which is just you know just get just get by like he's just gonna okay this is the little ding and dunk passes open i'll do that and, and they have awesome receivers anyway so it's like if they need to do the big deep ball they could do that but the defense is going to dominate teams they had a good running attack in the second half of last season with fournette so i mean brady's in such a good spot right here and then also I know, I know we're both pro Miami Dolphins this year, and the Bills are still going to be good. So I don't really love what the Patriots are doing anyway. So this is an easy win again for, for Brady over Belichick. Well, you know, I ask about Deshaun Watson, and I ask you, too, does he take a snap? I don't think he does. I think he's he's kryptonite right now. I know those things seem to change fairly rapidly. And if, you know, Carson Wentz is a, you know— alleged franchise QB and he kind of undoes the Colts season a little bit it feels like his absence but he's he's not on that he's ultimately not is Cam Newton gonna play some role in this or is Deshaun Watson for another team because with the Patriots 
I just the uh, you know reading the tea leaves and hearing how coaches and otherwise talk in in the month of August. This stuff about like boy Mac Jones is really coming on. He's pushing Cam really hard here. Like we Cam's still our guy, but but boy the kid is way ahead of schedule and all that. That indicates to me that it's going to be Mac Jones sooner rather than later. So then that liberates Cam Newton. I wonder if they let him go out and see what's out there. Deshaun Watson. I don't know. Like how the but. I, we don't want him more. We don't want Deshaun Watson under center for our team in a quarterback league because it's a bad look. But then again, our starting quarterback got hurt. So, you know, we got to throw our, our morality out the window and try and win games. I think that's a bad look. I don't think there's a team out there right now that's going to be like, yeah, OK, we'll take Deshaun Watson. But we keep hearing about Philadelphia. And if the Boo Birds are really out and Jalen Hurts is lousy, I don't know. Maybe we'll see something like that. I'll stick with Deshaun Watson doesn't take a snap. Um, I do think the Patriots are going to be good, but I'm more and more thinking it's going to be Mac Jones under center by, you know, I think one bad, one bad go from Cam and that'll be it for him. Number one will be finished as the starting quarterback in Foxborough. Um, and in a tough division, it's in a tough conference. I don't think the Patriots are ultimately going to sneak in there. I think they're, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get to about nine wins again, Bills minus 140 there, Dolphins plus 340, and the Patriots, if you like them to win the division, at plus 370, Jets unlikely to do it, but plus 1700 if you're a, uh, a fan of the Kelly Green there. Spaghetti, how say you? I mean, anyone with the brain knows that Deshaun Watson should not be playing, but this is the NFL we're talking about, and we've seen teams make, it's, it's a league where Guys get second, third, fourth chances who shouldn't. I think he'll get it. one. I think he'll get one. I just don't. I can't see it happening. I three, four I months. I don't know if if it's going to be the, the with the Houston Texans. I think I think team that team specifically is definitely afraid of the PR. Uh, you know, spin they'll have to. It's just going to be a nightmare for them. And I think eventually. I mean, this year probably not. I would say no. I think he does play in the NFL again, probably but with another uniform on. Um, and then I just I don't know I don't think Cam will leave also and and because just from stuff that we've read it seems like there's a pretty good relationship going on between Belichick and and Cam so I think Cam I would pencil him in for to be the starter for the at least the first month of the season and then after that then if it's a Mac Jones takeover situation I think then next year if Cam I guess the team will give him a, a chance but he probably won't get a chance to be a starter ever again unless he has an awesome season this year. It just doesn't. Um, uh it's not imagination that's required. Oh, well, I guess a little bit of imagination to project ahead, but it's not like we haven't seen NFL seasons swung by a player here or there midway or even later in the season. I mean, I, I don't know how much you put on Antonio Brown, but that was a factor dropping him into the Buccaneers lineup. I'm, I'm thinking of um, James Harrison a couple of years ago. All of a sudden, like, wait, he signed with the New England Patriots and, they're, and, and, and he's getting important reps in January. Those things happen more these days than they used to like 10 20 years ago you didn't used to see like you're used to it as a Yankees fan like oh it's the trade deadline feed me grapes out of contention bum teams and we'll take your Anthony Rizzo's and uh, and otherwise and plug them in seems like the NFL has more of that happening than it at least used to so I, I don't think it's crazy to as I say where we started with this um you know, the Colts season is over. If Quentin Nelson, and he's the the best offensive lineman, I guess, according to people like Jeff Schwartz, and that's got to be a gaping hole for you, um, literally and figuratively. But if, uh, 
you know, uh, QB saturation is a real thing in, in uh, Damashek's book. Marcus Mariota is a viable starting quarterback, to my point. Cam Newton is a viable player as well. It's not impossible that one, you know, uh, the Steelers are carrying too many guys. Mason Rudolph, it wouldn't be terribly inspired, but you could go get Mason Rudolph right now and uh, and get by, I think, a little bit. It's not like Carson Wentz is, at this point, uh, a known world beater himself I, the point is mason rudolph's a bad place to leave that conversation but there but there are, well, that's not, that's not a good example but i, I there, could, I could jump in and help qbs around yes i could jump in and help and, and bring tying it back to what, like, what fitz Jeff's magic about. how about that what turn about, it like, over to heineke and go and get rid of fitz magic well, you don't need that the the issue is the nfl and this is something that i'm i'm like vehemently against and i just it doesn't make any sense to me but everyone now is so prisoner of the moment of like if my quarterback is not leading a super bowl in year one and he's a pro bowl and mvp candidate it's like we got to find the new guy and it's like it's going crazy like and jeff is like oh well, i don't i think baker mayfield's the weak point of the browns like baker mayfield, baker mayfield all things considered is a pretty good quarterback and most teams would be happy to have him as their quarterback no they wouldn't that's I don't, that's I don't the kind that. of rhetoric that you hear but that no, doesn't I don't agree actually think well, about, point, think about well, what you just said i hear i, I, I i'll save you the point i want to hear it but when people say that people get very sort of glib in the way well most teams would be happy to have them no they wouldn't you think you think baker you think most teams would rather have baker mayfield than their guy we can tick through 31 teams and and it'll disprove your point but i know people say that kind of stuff but i don't think it's ultimately true baker mayfield's in the best position of any quarterback in the nfl in terms no, of offensive there's, line there's three no you're, that's wrong there's three teams in the nfc east that would switch with baker mayfield uh anyway but that's not that my point was okay i got you. tying I it back tying it back to cam was that like yeah if baker mayfield's you know on the hot seat then cam has to be like because of it's it's just just he's just at level so i think we're at a point now where if you're not, if you're really not positively showing you're better than number 16 qb then teams will find somebody else and right now cam is not there well, I mean, listen, back to Baker, because he's the he's the guy who is really central to the 2021 season. Now, a lot of people, high hopes pinned to Baker Mayfield. Um, and and, you know, all we hear about the front office, second to none. Oh, Stefanski, what a coach. Do you see how he understands how to put his players in the best position? The defense is a question mark. Not anymore. We addressed that secondary. We helped out Miles Garrett. A lot of people call him the best pass rusher in football. Now we put Jadavian Clowney on the other side. We have the one-two punch of uh, of Chubb and Hunt. What's not the like? You know, we have the, the LSU pals catching passes. Seems like the only question is the first overall pick from 2018. Baker Mayfield, if he does it, that team could be Super Bowl bound. I love it. And then I, for one, want to say to all the Cleveland Browns fans out there in advance, congratulations. Because you guys, I mean, it's, it's impossible that this isn't good. Because you guys beat the Steelers in Heinz Field in January. And this heralded brighter days ahead you know i mean you're you're a juggernaut i it's all i hear about is what a what is what a dynamite team this is about to be and so you know listen i want to be a good sportsman i want to i want to show good sportsmanship to the kids out there and so i want to be the first one to say congratulations on the on the uh boundless uh, success that awaits you baker mayfield and the cleveland browns um all right, Eddie Spaghetti. I think we wrap it up here. We can do we can do whatever you else want to you want to do. You've given your home run pick though. 
We've talked pro football. We'll do college football on another day. We'll uh, we'll look forward to kibitzing with our pal Kevin Hench in 48 hours from now. And until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.